Last week, we started a new series on guardrails. As you can see right here, that's what this would be. And I asked you last week, how many of you have ran over some of them and smashed them? And there was an, an amazing amount of people here <laughs> that had destroyed guardrails in their life. You know what I've found as I've gotten older, I don't, you know, they don't bother me that much as I got older. But boy, when a, guy, a person's younger, they get in their way sometimes, don't they? We do have a, a slide here that demonstrates guardrails. We'll see that just for a moment. It says, I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over. And the guy says, wait, it's not a fence. And it is. It's a guardrail. So, you know, it's, uh, it, guardrails are important. Not only guardrails in the natural realm, which is what these are, but also guardrails in the spirit realm. And I want to make sure, I haven't mentioned this for a while, but I want to make sure that I mention that, make sure everybody knows that I do have an agenda. You know, sometimes uh, you hear someone say, well, they have an agenda. Well, I'm telling you, well, I have an agenda, okay? And my agenda is, is for the blessings of God and the power of God and the love of God and the mercy of God be, be manifested in your life. Amen. That's, that's my agenda. So, uh, you know, I hope I don't offend anybody with the words of God. I, you know, I hope that we can agree upon that. But, you know, I'll tell you what, if, if that be the case, you know, that's just how it's going to have to be because we have to stick with the Word of God. You know, I seen a post on Facebook uh, here quite a while back, and I thought I said it, but I couldn't find it. But there was one church it was just kind of pick and choose. You, you picked on what you liked. You picked from the Bible, you know. I like that. I don't like that. And, and the line was all the way out the church and around the block. I mean, this church was just going to be packed. And there's another church right beside it that says the truth of God is preached here. And there is no one there. And that's, in, especially in our culture in America today, it's very important if we want the power of God, if we want the power of the Holy Spirit, that we must stay with God's commands. God will not bless His church if we don't obey and follow His commandments. Amen. He will back off of that. Amen. So I do have an agenda, and that agenda is for the blessings of God to be active in your life, for you to go through life knowing that God loves you and knowing that people around you loves you. So if you've got your Bible this morning, go ahead and turn to Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. Most of you know guardrails is actually a, a system, a mechanical system that is designed to keep us from going into dangerous places and like I mentioned last week, they're designed to keep us from going to where we really don't want to go anyway. I mean, they're around a cliff or along the side of a bridge, and they're there to keep us from going off the side of a bridge, and nobody wants to go off the side of a bridge. We, uh, we, 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 I flipped a car one time. I wasn't driving, but I flipped a car one time, and we went off and down, and we ended up underwater. And that wasn't no good, I, but there wasn't no guardrail there. So, 
So a guardrail keeps us from going to where we do not want to go in the natural realm. And it's the same is true in the spiritual realm. In our lives, in our most important decisions that we make, we need these guardrails that when we get close to them, there is a warning or there is a signal or there's something that goes off inside of us that tells us, now beware, that tells us to go slow, use wisdom, be careful what you do here, right? I mean, how many of you have been driving along and you come close to your guardrail and you think, whoo, that was close. We've all done that, haven't we? We have. Well, it's the same way in our spiritual lives. It's the same way, uh, you know, with our, with our marriages and with our children. We have, there are guardrails, there are instances, there are dangers on the other side of the guardrail that we get close to. And whether we realize it or not, we get close to this danger that will mess up our lives and mess up our children's lives. And we get away from it. And whether we know it or not, we was really close to having a bad wreck in our life. So, so guardrails are important not only in the natural realm, but, but also in the spiritual realm. You know, cars, you can, buy, you can buy another car. You can wreck your car today and you can buy another one tomorrow. You know, motorcycles. Some of you, have you got new motorcycles? You can buy a new motorcycle. But you know what? It's one thing to buy, you know, to get too close to a guardrail and have to buy a new car or a new motorcycle or something like that. It's a completely different thing when you get too close to a guardrail and you go over and it wrecks your marriage or it destroys your children or, you know, or we, we cross that guardrail into the world of drinking and drugging and then sometimes we can't get back. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you all the people, all the people that have crossed a guardrail in their life. And once they got over on the other side of that guardrail, they can never get back. They just can't do it. They want to, but they just can't do it. I had a man tell me one time, not, not that long ago, he said, I can see what I want. I can see it. I can, you know, his brother was a preacher. He said, I can, I can see it in my brother. And I can see it in you. I can see it in your marriage. I can see it in his marriage. I can see what I want, but I just can't get there. Because he had crossed that guardrail, and he just didn't know how to get back. Now, now, oddly enough, the funny thing about a guardrail is where they're positioned at, you can actually drive where the guardrail is. You see, the guardrail is really not the danger point. It's a little bit farther on from the guardrail. And in fact, if you have, if you have a cliff or a bridge that does not have a guardrail. Now, that is really dangerous, isn't it? I mean, I know a road out there by my daughter's house, out by the old coon club, and there's a bridge there, and it's halfway, it's not halfway washed out, but there's a foot or so washed out on it, and there's no guardrail, no sign, no post, and every time I go by that, boy, I always said, fix that, because one of these days I'm going to catch my tire in it. So, guardrails are a good thing, and one of the most dangerous things in the natural and in the spirit realm and in our lives is not to have any guardrails at all. Now, that's really dangerous. 
Because if you see a guardrail, if you're on a motorcycle or if you're in a fast car or whatever the case may be, if you're taking your, your family and you look up and you see guardrails along the side of the bridge, you know, all right, I got it. Better pay attention. This isn't the time to be texting. This isn't the time to be gawking around. You better pay attention. But if there is no guardrail up there, you don't even know there's any danger coming. Well, see, that's the way, that's what we need to have in our lives. That's what we have to have. We have to have these warning devices inside of us that come from the Word of God that when we get close to dangerous situations, we get that, we get that knock on our heart, that knock from the Word of God that says, hey, 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 be careful, be careful. Danger ahead. You know, right now, they're all those kids that are back there in children's church right now. You know what we're doing to them right back there right now? We're putting guardrails on them. That's what we're doing right now. And I hope and I pray, and I know you do too, we hope that the things that are, they're taught back there today will help them make good decisions in their life, and they can miss a lot of the trouble that we had to go through. Right? Amen. So, so guardrails are important. And see, nobody argues the importance of a guardrail in the natural realm. Nobody, nobody argues that. In fact, everybody believes. Should, if you ask everybody, does there need to be guardrails on bridges, everybody would say, yeah. Well, you know what's weird? When you start bringing in some commandments of God or some, some guidelines concerning uh, how we live and how we treat others, all of a sudden, nobody agrees all of a sudden. But yeah, they all want a guardrail to keep them from running in the ditch in the natural. But to ruin their life spiritually, nobody cares. <laughs> it don't make no sense. Hmm, just like the slide we've seen, you know, it's not a fence. God don't, God don't try to box us in. He tries to put guardrails around us to protect us. Because he loves us. Amen. So our culture will not help you on this at all. And young people that are getting ready to go to college, or maybe in the years ahead if you're getting ready to go to college, get ready. Because the battle will be on. Now let me tell you what you got to face. You've got to face non-believers. You will face non-believers in every class you go in. Most of the professors will be non-believers. And they will try everything they can to pull you down. There will be hundreds of kids there that try to drag you, just come to a party. You know, we're not going to do nothing bad. And you know, that's how a lot of them start out. We won't do anything bad. You know, until you get six or seven beers down you, and then who knows what will happen, right? But uh, not just young people, but all around, we have all kinds of things that pull at us. And our culture will not help at all. The culture I mentioned just briefly last week, our when it comes to drinking, our culture says, drink responsibly. How in the world do you drink responsibly? That was something I was never able to, to I, I was never able to do that. And none of my friends were either, I might add. Drink responsibly. I wasn't looking at you, Chester. I won't say no more names. I won't say no more names. So, so uh, I mean, how do you do that? 
Does that mean drink a couple beers and go home? Do you know how many people can drink a couple of beers and go home? Not very many. And if you think you can do that, you're wrong. That's not the way it works. A lot of times when you cross that guardrail, you can't get back. I could tell you of a couple of young men, some of the smartest individuals that ever went through Wayne City High School. Now, I know some of you guys said, well, that's not saying much. Well, <laughs> I might argue that point. <laughs> no, some, two, two of the smartest young men that ever went through Wayne City High School. In fact, when, you, when, when the conversation is brought up of the smartest people that ever went through Wayne City High School, these two names come up. And both of them have crossed that rail, and here it is 20 years later, and they can't get back. They cannot get back. So when it comes to drinking, our culture says drink responsibly, which is no help whatsoever. You start out drinking responsibly, and then until you have two or three, and then you think, well, I'll drink another, and then you'll drink another one, on and on and on and on. And same way with getting high, same way of smoking a joint, same way of doing a line or whatever you're smoking. It's the same way. I was addicted to cigarettes for years. One of the hardest things I've ever had to quit was quit smoking. I didn't realize, you know, whenever I started smoking, well, I just doing it to be cool because all my other buddies were doing it. You know, I didn't realize the consequences behind that. Our culture says when it comes to sexual activity, wait until you're ready. Well, hey, I'm ready now. <laughs> right? But that's what culture says. Wait until you're ready. And the teenager says, I'm ready right now. <laughs> so the culture will not help you on that. Right? No. Same way with drugs. I mentioned that last week. You know, the uh, you know, our culture says, talk to your kids about drugs. No, 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 don't talk to them. Tell them not to do it. And I'll tell you right now, don't do drugs. It'll take you places you don't want to go. Amen. Money, that's a good one. That's a, that's a big one on the, on the culture. You know what culture, you know what our American culture tells you about your finances? Just consolidate your debts. Put them all together. Don't stop spending. <laughs> Don't stop spending. You'll hurt the economy if you stop spending. Just take all your debts and put them together. Get another credit card. That's what you do. You get another credit card. So see, when it comes to our culture, they have no answers whatsoever. All right? They don't have nothing to offer you. They have things to offer you, but they won't do you no good. They're not any good for you at all. You know, our culture wants us to buy, 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 buy. They want us to drink, 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 drink. And you know what they do? They want us to drink, 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 drink. They want us to buy, 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 buy. And, and there's sex all over TV and, and everywhere you look, it, there, there's sex. And you know what happens? When you get involved in that, and if you go a little bit too far, then they condemn you for doing what they, what they want you to do. They think, well, they, you know, they're, they're going bankrupt. They, you know, they spent way too much. Or, you know, they ended up in rehab. Shame on them. They just, they ended up in rehab. When they tried to sell you that bill of goods for 10 years. Mm. Now, see, that's the church, part of the church's responsibility. And the parents' responsibility is to, is to make aware, everyone aware of the dangers that the culture 
sets before us. And we have to do that. And that's, and, and that's why I, I said earlier that I never want to offend anybody. But if the word offends you, I, I'm sorry about that. But that, that's the word. We have to stand our ground. We can't move and sway with the culture at, over the years. We can't do that. No, we're supposed to stand on the solid rock. Right? That's right. There is a reason the Ten Commandments was etched in stone. Because you cannot bend them. You can break them, but you can't bend them. You can throw them on the ground like Moses did, and they'll shatter everywhere. But you cannot bend them. And that's what we got to do. We got to just stand around. We got to stay with God. We got to stay focused on Him. We got to say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you know what? You know how much trouble? You know how, you know how much that protects us? How it protects our marriages and how it protects our children and how it protects our finances and our friends and those around us? Proverbs 13 20. You got your Bibles. Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. Now, this is one of the scriptures why Sunday school is so important and small groups is so important, and even like yesterday, even in our work day, why those times are so important? Because we're all invited to come and walk together and to learn from each other and walk with the wise. It says, walk with the wise and you will become wise. It goes on and says, associate with fools and get into trouble. Associate with fools and get into trouble. So see, God, God promises us, he tells us here that if we will associate with wise people, that wisdom is contagious. It will rub off on you. So I encourage you, you know, if, if you're a young believer, if you just feel like you're not growing, you know, take a look at who you have around you. Take a look at the friends that you're spending your time with. Because the scripture says that walk with the wise, you become wise. And when we walk with the, when we walk with the wise, it rubs off. It like, it like gets ingrained inside of our mind and inside of our hearts. We see how people make wise decisions. We see how they answer or they, how they approach certain situations in their life. Hmm. Let me tell you about the, the, the last verse. It says that if we hang with fools, we'll become foolish. Now, let me tell I'm going to talk about being foolish just for a moment, okay? See, what the Bible describes as a fool is one that knows the difference between right and wrong, but they refuse to do it, Okay? And I've heard that numerous times over the years. I've heard numerous people say, well, I know I should do that, but 
I know I should, but. But that's what the Bible describes as a fool. When they actually know what they should do, but they refuse to do it. And the problem with that is, the problem with that is, is that, uh, yeah, what's the problem with that? <laughs> and there are friends, and they're making foolish decisions, and they don't care about their life. Our foolish friends don't care about their finances. They don't care about their marriage, about their children, about everything around them. Well, guess what? If they don't care about their stuff, they're sure not going to care about your stuff. And what happens is, so much of the time, you know, and friends are great, and please don't take this as, as a down message against our friends, because it's not. We are installing guardrails. Guardrails, be careful. But the thing about friends is, you know, we can let our guard down with them lots of times. We can relax. We can just be ourselves and have fun, right? And that's a good thing, but it can also be a dangerous thing. Because if we let our guard down too much and they don't care about the direction of their life, they don't care about their reputation, they don't care about their family and friends and everything else, they could take us that way too. They could take us away from the things that are so important to us. Hmm. So a, a fool... He knows the difference between right and wrong, but he doesn't act on it. And a wise person acts on it. They don't, a fool doesn't care about their life. They don't care about their marriage. or It's not that important to them. They're not concerned about how they, how they raise their kids or, or anything like that. They're not, they're not concerned about making sure their kids are in church. 1 Corinthians 15.33, if you've got that scripture. 1 Corinthians 15.33, and we do, there it is. It says, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good morals. I had a friend of mine. I hadn't been saved a week, maybe two weeks, and he called me on the phone. I'd went to school with him years before. And, he, and he's a preacher, and he called me on the phone. He had heard that, he had heard that, uh, that I'd got saved, and he just wanted to call and find out if I'd got saved or not. And this is a verse that he told me about. And he says, now, he says, I want you to read this verse three or four times. I want you to meditate upon this verse. Because myself, just like many of you, I had lots of friends that I, that I loved to hang out with. But you know what? A lot of times we got in trouble. And I was so thankful. I'm still thankful to him this day because it says, don't be fooled by those who say the things that because bad company does corrupt good morals. So we have to be careful with the friends that we hang out with. Let me read one more scripture to you. We don't have this one on the screen. James 4. 4-4, four, four. James 4-4. Four, four. 
the second part of James 4, 4, it says, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. Let me read that again. It says, therefore, he whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, and a lot of times that's what we decide. We decide, okay, am I going to stay focused on God? And am I going to stay hooked up with him? Or am I going to go run with my friends? Or am I going to follow the path that my friends are going? That's the decision that is before each and every one of us every single day. You know, I've said before that many times our downfall is that a one or two hour Christian cannot be victorious over a 24-7 devil because he's going to be waiting for you when you leave this place. He's going to be waiting for you when you go to school. He's going to be waiting for you when you go to work. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bow your head. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we do worship you today. We magnify you and glorify your name. We just thank you, Father, for who you are. Father, right now, we just lift each and every person here, Father, that has those friends that seem to be going the wrong direction. And Father, I just pray for boldness, Father, for each and every person that's in that situation, that they can share what God has done in their life, that they can share with them the, the love and the truth of God, and they can share with them that things can be different and eternity can be theirs. Father, we praise and we worship you. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen. Now, if you have a friend like that, I encourage you to come and pray for him. Somebody's got to call out their name. Somebody has to lift their name up be toward heaven. Thank you, Father. So as I pray, just go ahead and come. As I pray, just go ahead and come. I, I've got some uh, individuals on my heart that I'm going to pray for. And thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just worship you and we praise you. Oh, Father, I just lift them up to you right now, Father. Father, I pray that their hearts will be open toward you and their minds will be open toward you. Father, I pray that you'll send workers across their path and you know who will speak to them and who you know who they'll listen to. And I just pray that you'll send those workers, whoever they may be, you'll send them across their path. Father, I pray that their eyes of their understanding will be open. And, Father, they'll see the spiritual implications of their actions and the direction of their life, Father. Father, I pray, Father, right now that they will have an awakening. They'll have a spiritual awakening and they'll understand that there's more to this life and fun and games. And, and there's more to this life than the natural. But you, we serve a risen Savior. And you're the reason for this life, Father. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to make something real clear. I want to make something real clear.
Sometimes we make the mistake of talking about and preaching about hell and judgment and the negative side of Christianity. But the truth is, what what we have to offer is life and life to the fullest. I, for one, I'm sure everybody won't agree with me, but I'll tell you, I didn't start living until after I got saved. I thought I was living prior, but I wasn't. I didn't realize that until after I got saved. And oh, only then did I realize how much I love my wife and how much I love my kids and how much I love my friends. Only then. So don't think that we don't have anything to offer. We have life to offer. We got a better way to offer. We got good news to offer. Another thing, don't think your friends don't want to hear it. I got a friend right now that's sitting right over there. He always, he told me time and time again, boy, I wish you wouldn't talk to me about that. He'd shrug his shoulders and stretch his neck. Boy, I wish you wouldn't talk to me about that. Well, he's glad I did now. Amen. Don't think they don't want to hear it. Don't think they don't want to hear it. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.